Blog Talk Radio. Thanks for being here. We're going to fire it up right about now. Welcome, everybody, to the Armor Report, the Monday edition. This is the 29th of April. Hope you're all having a lot of fun with me. We're going to focus. Welcome, everybody. Whoa, 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 whoa. Monday edition. This is the 29th of April. Hope you're all having a lot of fun with me. We're going to focus. Welcome, everybody. Oh, all right. Let's try this again. A little technical difficulties today. All right, guys. Thanks. Um, as always, this is a show about stock market investing in what I call the millennial age. We're going to focus on algorithms to help us execute. And then we're going to dive down into specific investment themes and stocks that we own. Everything I share with you, as always, it's what I'm doing in my own personal portfolio and things I do for our high net worth investors we work with. All of our business is executed through interactive brokers. That's our relationship. Uh, you can find out what we're doing in our portfolio on a, on a um, larger uh, global sense by looking at our website, RosenthalCapital.com. We have three portfolios of interactive brokers. These are our model portfolios. And we share with you what our allocations are, not individual stocks, but how much risk we're willing to put on and where we're putting that risk on. Um, today, I'm going to talk about a couple of things. I saw a tweet by Dan Niles. I, I really respect this particular individual. Those of you who have watched him over the years um, make incredibly great calls on technology companies, the semiconductor space and whatnot thought was um, a very interesting tweet. It, it was, um, and I'm going to go over that, okay? So we're going to discuss it, and I'm going to respectfully offer some thoughts to Dan of why this is occurring. So we're going to go over that for a bit. We're going to go over our algorithms and why we are in a stock market rally, where we are in that rally, and what our algorithms are telling us now. And then we'll dive into, of course, our favorite cannabis Theme. This is where we have most of our investments. Um, so a lot to get to. Let's have some fun today because we're certainly making a lot of money in the cannabis stocks and the stock market keeps making new highs. So again, before I launch into what we're doing in our portfolios, let me remind you, this is my portfolio. This is how I run my own capital. I'm not telling you what to do. I couldn't possibly give you advice because I don't know you. So um, you have to look at your own risk tolerance and determine how this information can help you. I'm just trying to educate you on a couple of key features about the new world we live in today, what I call the millennial stock market. After 2008, the stock market's behavior changed dramatically. I'm going to help you understand why and what that does uh, to our investments. And then algorithms account for more than 90% of all transactions on a day-to-day -day basis. So 
it would behoove you to begin using algorithms to help you manage your risk. Because if you're not, those algorithms are taking advantage of your emotions. That's what they're designed to do. So without further ado, let's get into the algorithms. We have our own proprietary algorithms at at Rosenthal Capital. They are designed to help us determine when to add risk and when to take risk off. We, um, uh, as an investor, uh, using this type of information, it's not necessarily information to tell you sell everything or buy everything. It's, it's simply information that tells you this is the right time to add risk from a per- percentage statistical standpoint where the reward is worth the risk taken. The algorithm will say, now's time. Now's time to do it. And usually it's at a time where nobody believes it. So most recently we had a risk on a call at the um, middle to the end of, of March. And, of course, at the time, everyone thought we had a V-shaped rally off the bottom. The market has to retest that V. A lot of people were negative, And our algorithms were screaming it's time to put on risk, that the market is going to tack the highs. Here we are a month later, and the market is attacking new all-time highs. So the way we use that in our portfolios, whether we're conservative or aggressive or somewhere in between, will determine how much money we put to work and where we put that money to work. A conservative person might put more capital into the indexes at that time, and a more aggressive person might choose to buy individual stocks. You know, that's the kind of a, a way to look at it. Um, so looking at those algorithms, nothing's changed. They all look fantastic. Markets are breaking out to new highs. And the certain things that I liked from last week is that when the market consolidates for a couple days, the advanced decline volume looks great. There's not a lot of volume on the downside during down days, but then volume comes in hard on up days. That is a bull market. It doesn't matter what we think about politics. It doesn't matter where we think we may be in the economic cycle. These aren't reasons to make investments. There's no way to quantify what the political outcome will mean. So what's the point of even thinking about it when you're making an investment? There's no way to guess where we are in the economic cycle in the new world we live in. And I'll get to that in a minute, Dan. So what's the point of using that to make investment decisions? All we can do for us, from our standpoint, is add risk in our favorite names when our algorithms tell us the probabilities of success are at their highest and the reward's worth the risk. And that's what happened in late March. And so that's, that call continues to roll along, making money in here. How you want to manage your risk at this point is up to you. In some accounts, we've booked some gains. When we're making new highs and everyone thinks they're missing it and it starts to melt up, well, we bought it. We added a lot of risk over a month ago, so we might take some risk off book some profits, and give us a cushion to deal with volatility. That's just one thought. Everybody's different. Every account's different. My own capital is different. So 
again, this is not I'm not telling you how to run your account. I'm just giving you thoughts of how we use the algorithms to manage our risk. So, so far, it's all systems go. All right. Let's talk about this really interesting conundrum, if you will, that Dan Niles tweeted about last week. And if you follow my Twitter feed, you could do that right through Twitter at, um, at Brett Rosenthal, B-R-E-T Rosenthal. Or you can hashtag Armor Report, A-R-M-R Report. That stands for Algorithmic Risk Management Research. And you would have seen a tweet. I retweeted this from Dan. Actually, I, I responded to it. And his comment was, he's been, he's been in the business 29 years. He's never seen semiconductor stocks go up at this stage in the semiconductor cycle. The typical downturn in semiconductors, as he explains, takes about five quarters. We're only in the second quarter of that downturn. Stocks usually don't go up in the second quarter of a five-quarter downturn. And yet the group is outperforming, starting to go up already. And that's making it difficult. Correct me if I'm wrong, Dan, and please feel free to, to comment um, if, you, uh, if you can on Twitter. I'd love to hear your thoughts on my, um, my offering of an idea here. So the conundrum is how do you buy these stocks when throughout your entire career these stocks would not perform well at this stage in the cycle? And I would submit to you this thought. I believe you've just identified what I've been talking about ad nauseum on my YouTube shows and I'm not the only one talking about it, by the way. You've identified central bank intervention in the economic cycle and in the stock market. In the millennial age, if you will, this is what I like to call it, after 2008, there's really only, you know, I'm oversimplifying it, Dan. I get it. I get it. But I'm just going to make it simple for now. Um, if you look in the last 10 years at the period of time when the stock market really suffered, like 2018, market was down. The end of 2015, early 2016, the market was down. Those were two periods when we had a new Fed chair, Janet Yellen, and now a new Fed chair. Um, and they both acted tough on rates. They were raising rates, talking about reducing liquidity. And, of course, the stock market suffered. And the minute they responded to that stock market sell-off of 20%-ish, depending on the index you're looking at, and talked about we're no longer raising rates, and there's even been some talk uh, about reducing the runoff of their balance sheet. And then we see the aggressive nature of the European Central Bank and the Japanese Central Bank right now adding liquidity. We have to recognize that central banks distort normal business cycles. 
And so stocks go up at times where we think they shouldn't. And I wonder, Dan, if you've thought about that in your, in your analysis. Does that hold any water for you? Yeah, I guess is my question. It does for me. I have to recognize that if central banks are adding liquidity net-net, the market goes up regardless of what I think it should do based on my 30 years of experience. We're basically the same age but doing this the same amount of time. I get the conundrum because I've had it constantly in the last 10 years. I keep looking at my past um, wealth of knowledge, right? And then why is this happening? It doesn't make sense. And every time I ask that question, I discover it's because central banks are adding liquidity. And so it just completely distorts my expectations of a business cycle or an economic cycle. And so I feel like you really just highlighted that distortion. Now, I don't know how that would change your investment recommendation. It may not. But I'm just putting that out there as a thought that all of us have to grapple with now. Central bank intervention after 2008 distorts cycles. And so we may need to look at different rules to determine when to invest in a group or the market in general. All right, there it is. There are my thoughts. I hope they're helpful. All right, let's just jump to uh, my favorite, of course, theme. You all who've been following the Armour Report knows since August of last year, our single biggest investment theme on this desk are the cannabis stocks, both Canadian and American. Um, wow, we've had a great couple of weeks. I highlighted for you last week a classic cup and handle breakout that's occurring in the bluest of blue chip stocks in this new emerging opportunity, and that's canopy growth. When the leader breaks out of a pattern like that, if that breakout is not false, if it's real and we really get extension, that's the time to be adding risk in the space. We're getting blowouts across the board in our portfolio. I've talked about Hexo repeatedly on these videos. Hexo's blowing out to new highs. These are just examples. Cannabis news that's important to me. I've talked repeatedly about one of my favorite investments in the cannabis space, and it's Charlotte's Web. I like that company. First of all, full disclosure, I use the products. I think they're great. Okay, you already know, full disclosure, I own the stock. Okay, I've owned it for a while. I told you on the, la the last time I covered Charlotte's Web, which was af after the earnings announcement, I shared with you details from the conference call and a bit of a roadmap of 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 announcements and developments we expect to happen throughout this year. And the first one was the announcement of a new chief executive officer. The company said they're in the hunt. They've been in the hunt for probably six months. They found her. 
They found her, okay? Go look at my Twitter feed. Read the story. I'm not going to tell you the whole story. She's a great hire. She comes from a consumer packaged background. Kraft. Most recently, Kellogg. She's perfect. I love the fact they hired a woman. Let me tell you why. The single biggest growth in demographics of cannabis use are women, particularly CBD. Brilliant. Brilliant hire. So the stock is up today about 6%. To remind you of the roadmap, what we're looking for, they're currently in the process filling out paperwork and doing what they have to do to get listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange, which is like the New York Stock Exchange of Canada. So to move off of the CSE onto a major exchange, that'll be positive for the company. I mentioned to you the last time that for the first time ever, an exchange-traded fund, the largest ETF in Canada that covers cannabis, got approval from the TSX to buy U.S. producer of hemp extracts, Charlotte's Web, and add it to their ETF. That's just the first of what should be many mutual funds, ETFs, and other organizations that begin buying Charlotte's Web to have a piece of the cannabis market because it's not illegal. All they do is produce hemp. The Farm Bill in December made that legal. These are the stories we expect to unfold, and today the CEO story was one of them. So nice to see that stock up. Um, I guess I'll leave it on that note today. But I will just share with you, I highlighted last week an island reversal in the shares of Twitter. I've been following Twitter closely as an investment for a couple of years. I love the website. I use it every day. I personally think it's the future of how news is reported. In a world of fake news, Twitter is the antidote. I don't move on news that I read from one source anymore. But if it, could, if it gets confirmed by a number of sources on my Twitter feed, I know it's real, and then I move. I'm not the only one that's figured that out. The last earnings announcement is better than the street expects. I believe they've turned the corner fundamentally. When you get an island reversal breakout like we've had, day four is very important. So we have to see where the stock closes today. If it, It's up 2% right now. If it can power higher, start making new highs, when you get a big gap up like that, tends to be one, two, three down days as it digests the gap up. Then day four, you know what you've got. If it's day four is a nice up day, you take out the highs, then it's off to the races. If day four is a breakdown, then you're probably going to go down and close the gap. This is just a rule of thumb. I call it a rule of the road, something I've learned from 30 years. So day four is important to me, and that's why I'm highlighting it today. Let's see how the stock closes today. <clears throat> if it closes strong, strong volume, then we, we have a higher percentage probability that this gap up is for real, the island is for real, and the stock is going to continue to climb. 
when I share this type of thought with you, not to tell you to run out and buy the stock. I'm just giving you my experience, what I do with my own capital, how I manage my own risk. These are percentages that I'm talking about. Even if you're right 70 or 80% of the time, you're still wrong two or three times out of 10, right? So you've got to react to that. You've got to accept that it's not working. You've got to cut your losses. None of us here on this desk just blindly invest. Every day we challenge our investment thesis. If it's holding water, we stay with it. If there's cracks in the foundation, we admit it. Get rid of your ego. Don't let that drive your decision process. I hope this has been helpful for you guys. I wish you the best of luck. I'm going to be on the road this week. Tomorrow we're doing a research junket covering a lot of different dispensaries in Florida, gathering a lot of information. Then we're making a trip up to northern Florida to meet with the management team of a particular Florida dispensary that we have an interest in. So I may not be on the desk the rest of this week, but I will share with you anything important next week on our next Armour Report. Be safe out there. Take care. See you next time.